from Studio 14, you're listening to The Chuck Wagon. And here's your wagon master, Chuck. Good afternoon. Welcome inside. I'm Chuck. And we're about to go on a mystical adventure together. Through many a time and many a discussion. Today we'll discuss French eagles. We'll discuss the world being flat. And the dreaded Starbucks coffee. I'm so glad you stepped inside. It's very nice to see you. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry about that. Um, this is a, a new little thing that Jake, our executive producer, and I decided to do. He just, he's just going to play a track every time. And the thing is, I don't know. We're going into it, and I don't know what he's going to play as like intro music. And I'm just supposed to reflect whatever I feel out of that. And I know that sounds really kind of like kumbaya or whatever. Like, oh, I'm just, I, I just, I feel the moment and I just kind of run with it. But it's really more just because we're, we're kind of stupid and we just think it's entertaining to just have me act like an idiot for 30 seconds based on some music. And it's like a little practical joke that he's going to get to play on me every week. So that's cool. Anyways, thanks for tuning into the Chuck Wagon episode two. I'm assuming. Um, we're going to have about half the listeners that we had last time because half the people will be like, wow, that was really crappy. Episode one, I'm never participating in that again. Uh, and to which I'd say on one level, like screw you, but on another level, like I completely understand and empathize with you. Um, and I don't, I don't blame you at all. So it's conflicting, but it's nonetheless true. Um, I just want to say also, if you do like this at all, uh, bless your soul. And also, a lot of people don't know about the podcast app, but like I, I've talked to a bunch of people this week that didn't really know because they're like, oh, like yeah, you heard you're doing a podcast. Where can I listen? And it's on SoundCloud. But the other thing is, if you have an iPhone, you already it comes with the phone, just like maps or anything else. Like you have an app for podcasts and it's free. And all you have to do is go and search the Chuck Wagon. And you can actually subscribe to the podcast. So, like, if a new one comes out, it'll just pop up like a notification, like a text almost. And it'll just be like, the Chuck Wagon has a new podcast. Uh, feel free to waste 20 minutes of your life. And um, you'll just click that and listen. Um, so, yeah. thanks. Uh, bottom line, thanks for tuning in. It means a lot that you even want to listen to this and spend your time this way. So, thank you. So, there's this new story out in the world of sports. For those of you who are interested in American sports and particularly the NBA, where Kyrie Irving, the superstar point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, has come out and said basically he believes the world is flat. Which is really interesting because it's not like there's some athletes out there that are just like idiots, like really just dumb people. And it's like we like them because they're kind of just these really, these, these, gigantic physical specimens that do all these crazy things that we can't do, but they don't really have a lot going on up in the brain. But Kyrie Irving is like a legitimately smart guy. Like he went to Duke. Um, and he, I mean, he only went his freshman year because he just went to the NBA after that. But like, he's like a good student. He's kind of nerdy. He's kind of got that Andrew Luck, like star athlete, but also sort of a nerd thing going on. Uh, he reads a lot, which is like cool, but not super common and everything. And it, and he, so he basically was like, yeah, I just think if people read a little bit more on the subject, they might not be so convinced that the world is round. 
And so part of me is like, ah, that's insane. Like, I've seen pictures and everything. But then part of me is like, wait a second. Like, it's like, when it's, it's crazy how people have certain influences on us. Like, like if, if certain people say certain things, you're like, oh, maybe. Like, like he, by Kyrie Irving being like, and, and he was super cryptic about it. Like, it, 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 by him basically being like, well, I think maybe if people read a little bit more on the subject, they might not be so convinced. I'm like, I have a bunch of reading to do this weekend because the world is probably flat, um, which would be crazy, by the way, if the world was all of a sudden someone discovered the world was flat. But I mean, it'd be like, like, for instance, <clears throat> someone could take an objectively false phrase. But if the cer- if a certain person says it, like, 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 honestly, if Tom Brady came up to me and said an objectively false phrase, like, hey, Chuck. Starbucks is good. I'd be like, huh, maybe Starbucks is actually good. Because Tom Brady, the ideal man, is saying that to me. And, but that's like clearly, that's a little bit facetious because at no point in my life probably will I ever say that Starbucks is good. And I'm a little bit nervous here because I'm about to lose my entire female audience. And that's a little scary considering we've only, this is episode two. We haven't even made it through episode two and I'm about to lose everyone. But I ask you to just bear with me. But I think no matter if you go to Starbucks every day, can we all just agree? Naming your small size tall is ridiculous. That's stupid. Like, that's not, like, that's not just like, oh, that's kind of artsy and cute. Like, oh, it's tall. It's not tall. It's the shortest one. If I line up a bunch of people and I get a, I put a guy who's like 5'4", and a guy who's 6 feet, and a guy who's 6'7", I'm not going to look at the 5'4 guy and be like, hey man, you're tall, and then the next one is big, and then the 6'7 the guy is 20. But that's how they name their cup sizes at Starbucks. And like, get over yourself at that point. Like, I, I refuse. The, the few times I've been to Starbucks, and usually I'm just ordering for other people, because I'm just like a really nice person. Um, I'll be like, they'll be like, oh yeah, can you get me like a grande uh, macchiato? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do that for you. And then I go down and I say, can I have a medium macchiato please? Because I'm not a pretentious piece of crap. And the worker will kind of like give me this look like, oh, do you mean grande? And I'm like, no, I don't mean grande because I don't mean big. I mean medium. Because grande means large, and that's not what I want. What I want is a medium. So I'll take a, a medium macchiato or whatever I just used in, as, as an example previously, and that's what I want. But anyways, I mean, I'll be a Duncan guy forever. That's me. I'm not gonna, not gonna succumb to the pressures of living in Seattle and using umbrellas because my city rains all the time and not that like using umbrellas is like (laughs) an exclusive starbucks thing i kind of just looped that all in together like oh yeah you're the type that drinks starbucks i bet you use umbrellas too i'm a rain jacket guy always have been always will be i ain't gonna change it's not really it was more just a reference to the fact that seattle is a particularly rainy city more than most cities. I haven't been there, but you hear that anywhere. 
it's like Seattle, you got Starbucks, Rain, and the Seahawks. Those are kind of the the big three that everyone talks about. But anyways. Apparently Abraham Lincoln was revered in Mexico as a young congressman. It's pretty wild. So we're just gonna go on to our game um, where we pick a controversial topic from the list of 33. Uh, just to recap, I went over last time um, this sort of deductive reasoning tactic I use if I'm given a high number uh, out of the list of 33, where I basically just I count backwards rather than counting all the way. Like, like, for instance, Jake gave me 27, and I counted backwards because that was less numbers to count. Um, I only bring that up again because I think it's invaluable information. I think that type of reasoning can be used throughout many aspects of life. And I, I just want to keep that on the front burner. I don't want that to go to the back and you forget like, oh, crap, like I got to count to 52 out of 54. No, you can actually count back uh, just two. And that'll save you. I mean, I wish I could put a number on it. It'll, it'll save you countless amounts of time. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to have Jake, our exec produce, new nickname I just came up with. I don't really like how it flows. I'm probably going to workshop that exec produce, more like the the, the pro exec, the, uh, the, ex, the ex-pro. That makes you sound like you've been divorced a lot. I don't want to like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm going to go with that. But we'll continue workshopping it. But while we do, uh, Jake's going to come up, and he's going to pick a number between 133, not 27. Um, just because, by the way, last time, in case you missed it or forgot, I made a case as to why obesity was a disease, because that's the, the statement I was given. So today, I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't looked at the list, but Jake's going to give me a number. So here's Jake. Number four. Number four. All right. See, that one. that one's very easy, very straightforward. I'm just going to count up from the bottom. So, one, two, three, four. So, here's what it is. You can't have a happy family life and a successful career at the same time. All right. So, here we go. Heaven prepared for this. I'm about to make a case to you as to why you, my precious listener, cannot have a happy family and a successful career at the same time. I think this is pretty straightforward. Life is a priorities game. You got to make something a priority. So... If you want to have a happy life, then your career is going to suffer. If you want to have a successful career, your family's going to suffer. So basically, let's say let's say I'm a big I'm a big Wall Street guru. And I say that mostly because I enjoy the word guru. I think I put put a little too much emphasis on the on the use like gu like guru, but it's really more of like a guru. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look that one up, see what the dictionary says in terms of pronunciation. Um, but let's just say I'm a big Wall, Wall Street... Wall, now I'm saying use in um, the word street. Wall Street guru. And I have a lot of money. You'd look at me and be like, that guy has a nice suit. Has a really nice suit. He definitely doesn't have a good family. I think that's that's pretty much... It's like It's like... They say in statistics, correlation does not prove causation. Well, I think it's kind of different in the world because you look at the people 
that have happy lives and like they all suck at their jobs. Like like the the person who has a big like oh I have a family of 5 and we all love each other and we eat around the dinner table and we love each other and we tell each other stories. I'm unemployed though. I think we've all heard that multiple times in our lives. People come up to us and say almost word for word that exact same story. Um, whereas the successful career guy is always like, my life sucks and I don't have anyone. Want to take a ride in my Lamborghini? I think we've all heard that many a time. I know I have. Just walk down a street in, uh, in southern New York City and you'll hear that probably multiple times. Everyone's just offering, hey, want to take a ride in my Lambo? It's very common. Um, so... I just, until, until it's proven otherwise, until I actually see someone who has a happy life and a successful career, I don't think I'm going to buy into that, that old adage that, oh, you can have everything you want. No, you can't. You pick one or the other and you suffer and, uh, hopefully you make the right choice. And this has been Controversial Topics with Chuck. So the... (laughs) I, I found, I encountered probably my favorite news article of all time over the course of this past week. And it was like, remember last week we were talking about the, like Adele snapping the award in half and how I thought that was fake at first. And then I realized, oh, this is like, no, this is like a main news source that's, that's reporting this. Well, I've, I was scrolling through the news and I found, I found this article this week, and it's, it says that French police are training eagles to fight ISIS, like, th- like to fight ISIS weaponized drones and, like, terrorist attacks. The, I'm going to repeat that because I'm not sure. There's Actually, there's no way you just absorbed all of that, like, the weight of what I just said because it took me about seven read-throughs to, uh, like, really come to terms with what I just read. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat that to you. The French, the French police are training eagles to fight ISIS weaponized drones and terrorist attacks. Now, I I will say this. This makes me almost like France. Like, I'm not quite there yet. I've been, and, and, oh, by the way, don't be like, oh, well, um, Europe is perfect, so... You should like that. I've been to France, okay? I've I've been to Paris. I've been to southern France. And honestly, the whole, like, we are better than you thing, like, just doesn't really fly with me. Because it's like, how's your economy compared to ours? That's why I'm here visiting your little crappy croissant shop because our economy is good enough that I can just come over and do that. And so when you look at me and be like, oh, you, you stupid American, you want me to butter this, this pastry I made in the back with the rats? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's toast. Like, I, I don't, I'm not just going to eat it dry. I, th- I think, I also just said there that toast is a pastry. But that's all right. I mean, bottom line, I'm fueling your economy through my travel. 
and I don't mean fueling the general economy. I've, I mean, I'm fueling your tourism because I'm here to look at a, I'm here to look at a building that just looks like an upright. It's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a skinny pyramid. It's, but it's like less cool than the pyramids. It's like, it's just that shape and it just sticks up in the sky and it lights up at night. And it's like, well, that's nice, but I'm not really that wild about it. I, basically, basically the thing with, with France is they just, they kind of hate, I don't know if it's just America. I'm an, I'm an American, so they just hate me. I don't know if it's just, they don't, they hate anyone who's not French or they just hate Americans, but it's like, oh, you think you can just come in here and give me money and expect me to know English? And you're like, well, you're speaking English to me. So I guess like I can kind of assume that because you initiated the conversation in English. And in fact, I tried to speak to you in French and then you, you freaked out about it. They're like, oh no, we're not going to speak your, I'm not going to speak to you in your crappy French accent. Instead, I'm going to speak crappy broken English to you with my French accent. Because that's way better. And I can also make you feel bad about it. I, I'm just not a big fan of that. And the thing is, like, like here's the thing about French, and I don't know about, well, actually, I kind of do know about French and other people. It's, I know it's a French thing. It's not like a French-speaking thing. Because in Canada, in the regions that speak French, they're, like, really cool about it. Like, I went there, and they were, like, if you try to speak French with a Canadian who speaks French, they get, like, excited about it. They're like, oh, this is cool. You're, like, you're trying, and they're kind of helping you when you mess up and everything. And and that's what, that's what, like, Spanish communities are like. Like, in Spain and also in Hispanic, like, South American, like, they love when you try to speak Spanish with them. And that's really cool because it's like, oh, I, they're able to teach you about themselves through helping you with that, and that's really cool. But the French are like, oh, buy my crepes and don't talk to me. And it's like, well, that's not really that appealing. And they're like, look at this arc. It's triumphant, and we we won the war. And you're like, well, you kind of stayed out of most of the wars. I, But you also helped us with the Revolutionary War. So it's basically like, like on the one hand, it's like, I really respect that the French helped us with World War no, World War with the Revolutionary War. I think that's really cool. And we uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened. It wouldn't have been, been able to happen without them. But for the most part, it's like you're lucky that fries are named after you. Like greasy fries that go along with a hamburger. It's like, you're welcome. That's our gift to you. But anyways, this is like, so it's like the Revolutionary War and then this has almost made me gain all my respect back for the French. Because they're training eagles to fight ISIS. Like, that's the, that, that's like the most American thing I've ever heard. And America is, like, like it seems like a bunch of rednecks, like, in the southern states or something, are, are starting up this militia with eagles. Like, we'll take them down with our own. You gonna go capture me an eagle? It, it that that sounds like, like one of those reality TV shows where it's like, it's just like rednecks, like hill people, are just they're like sitting around like, hey Buster, you know what I want to do today? And they're like, what Phil? What do you want to do today? 
And then Buster's like, I mean, Phil is like, hey, I'm going to go catch me an eagle. I'm going to take down ISIS. And then, shoot, what are the names? Buster's like, oh, that sounds like a darn tootin' good idea, Phil. Let's go wrangle up some eagles and train them to fight drones. Yeah, and they're like, at that point, you're like, this is good television. Because these guys have had a lot of whiskey today. And now we're just watching them live their lives. And it's like, I'm entertained. But the thing about it is, none of this story is actually... Like, this is happening in France. And it's the government. So it's like, it's like it's so legit. Like, it's actually happening. And, and like, they're probably going to do something with it. But there's, there's literally a picture online... Of an eagle with a drone in its talons. Like it was a fish or something. Like like they just it plucked a drone out of the air. And the thing is, like, it's probably really well coordinated. It's not like Buster and Phil out on the range, like, knocking back a couple and, and talking about this. It's like, I know how we can do it. We can take them down. With much military emphasis, we are going to take down ISIS by training eagles. And the whole, like, French assembly applauded. And that's really freaking dope. Like, I have so much respect. And I can't wait to see what happens. Like, in my mind, there's, like, a, a, a whole, f- like, swarm of eagles that are flying into the Middle East. I mean, it's mostly, like, a defense mechanism, but I'd rather, like, like they're doing it to defend themselves from terrorism, but I'd rather they went on the offensive. Like, I'd rather they trained a whole flock of eagles or a gaggle of eagles or whatever you say, and they they're just, like, there's like a bunch of people like on the ground and they're, you know, they're selling goods in the market or whatever in like Afghanistan. And they're like, people are just talking, going about their day. And then all of a sudden the sky like starts to become dark. It's like, and, and they, they're like kind of looking around, like there's a big shadow all of a sudden. And they're like, what's going on? What's happening here? This is not what usually happens when I'm at the market selling my animals. And all of a sudden they look to the sky and it's a flock of eagles that's just blocking out the sun because it's such a dense concentration of eagles. And they're like and then they start to like circle around. And then all of the people like all the people are like, oh shoot, what's happening? Like it's a big and then all of a sudden, all of the eagles, like wherever I mean, I know ISIS isn't like Afghanistan, but like I'm just saying like the Middle East. And then, so, wherever ISIS is, like, the headquarters or whatever, it's, like, all of a sudden, they all start flying down, like, like, all the eagles just flying in and, like, just bombarding the ISIS. And and maybe, maybe they're pooping. Like, maybe they're, like, and, like, they're pooping all over it, all over, like, the headquarters, the HQ, as it were. And they're, like, they're pooping all over. And then ISIS is, like, oh, no, we got to respond to this. So, like, they start taking out their drones. And then it's, like, (laughs) No. You messed up. Because we've trained these drones. I mean, we've trained these eagles to take down your drones. Like eagles. <laughs> I, I can't say that enough. Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, it's a robotic eagle. It's a literal eagle. And so, like, they're like, oh, we'll come back. Like, we're going to fight you. We're going to fight off these eagles with our drones. Nuh-uh. Because the eagles start just plucking the drones out of the sky. And they're, like, ripping them to shreds with their talons. And then they go and they're like, they're like pecking them. They're like pecking the drones and like taking them out. And all the ice people are like, oh crap, what do we do? And then like ISIS is just obliterated by a bunch of eagles. 
I wouldn't even care. Like, I would be happy for the U.S. to not be the ones to take out ISIS if a bunch of French, like, a militia of French eagles took out ISIS. That would be totally worth it. I'd be like, I, I could not care less that it wasn't the U.S. if it was done that way. But, but anyway, so to kind of, like, go back to what I was saying at the very beginning, like, this sounds like a fake... This sounds like a fake news article, and it sounds like like a bad movie. Like, it'll be great if it happens in reality, but it sounds like a really crappy movie. And so, in my mind, I'm like, I'm making a movie about it, and I want to see what you guys think. So, like, here's a trailer. In a world where danger is near, where hope is frail, and where ISIS is imminent, this summer... The French police have a solution that is turning their world upside down. Drone Eagle Down, coming to a theater near you. Like, it's stupid, but it actually kind of sounds like a movie. It's like, like, it sounds like that movie that would come out in the summer, and you're kind of like, oh, this is going to be sweet. And then you get there, like, you sit in the theater, and you get, like, 40 minutes in, you're like, this is really stupid. Like, this is the dumbest move I've ever seen. I'm, I'm really disappointed that I spent $7 to see this. And I'm also really upset that I brought a girl to see this, because now they're like, oh, this guy is super nerdy and also has a horrible taste. And it kind of, like, ruins your summer. I don't know about that, but, like, but it sounds like that crappy movie, but it's... It's not very often where you have like, oh, this is this would be a really crappy movie, but really sick in real life. So it's like I hope my my hope is that we hear about this in the news and then they do like a sort of like a Captain Sully sort of like movie about it afterwards. And it's like and like yeah, and, and actually in fact, like we like Tom Hanks plays the French general. And so we like we hear Tom Hanks suffering through this French accent. Like he he's working really hard, but he's kind of going in and out of it. And you can just tell that the director was kind of like, "Oh, frick it. Like whatever. I he's doing the best he can. The everyone loves Tom Hanks. They won't they won't worry about." It. Like kind of like what what happened with Captain Phillips. Like he was supposed to be doing this like northeastern accent, like like a Vermont accent, and he's like going in and out of it the whole movie, but they're like, "He's Tom Hanks. What can I say?" Like I want him to be like and now, like, and he's just really bad, but he's playing the general and, and like, it's super realistic sort of, but it's like really bad also, but the event was sweet. And then you bring a girl to it and they're like, that was horrible. Why did you bring me to that? But like, and you're like, oh yeah, bad film. But at the same time, you're like, but that was also really sick because a bunch of eagles just took down ISIS. Like that's, that is my hope. For this news story. And we may never hear about it again. But I'm going to do all I can. To keep you in the loop. About what's happening with the French Eagle training. Because that's probably the most important headline. I've heard in the last two years. And we just went through an election cycle. Um, so yeah. Before. We're, we're just about ready to close up the shop here. It made me sound like I'm 40 or 50 years old. Um. Before we close up the shop, I just want to say, from here on out, what we're hoping is that the like listeners are going to just, because this is just me 
being dumb and just talking about kind of whatever um, is that you can fuel the show with what you want me to talk about. And also, like, you can just communicate with the show, too, uh, if you want. So we have an email, and I'm about to give that to you. So if you have a pen and a pad near you, as I would hope you do if you're listening to a podcast, because why wouldn't you? Um, here is the email. Are you ready? Okay. I don't have that long for you to scrounge around for a pen. You kind of have things to do. Okay, good. All right, so it's the Chuck Wagon Show at gmail.com. Not AOL. No one uses AOL anymore. The Chuck Wagon Show at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. You can tell us uh, how much you like the show or how much you hate the show, how much you want, or I guess not how much you want to hear, what you want to hear, uh, those type of things. And we'll, we'll hopefully respond, or at least we'll try to acknowledge it uh, in the podcast coming up. But I want to thank you again for listening. Uh, and before we really go, I want to end with our last segment, which is Chuck's profound quote of the day. And this one comes from the great Steve Martin, Stephen Glenn Martin, as he was named by his parents. He's an actor, comedian, writer, producer, musician. You probably know him. Plays the banjo every once in a while. Uh, he's not dead yet, so I can't. Unfortunately, I can't give you the date of death like people in the industry tend to like to do. But, I mean, he's 71, so... We're knocking on the door. I mean, that, that'll be, and the, the thing is, that'll be the, sa- the second saddest day of Michael Scott's life, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Um, so so it'll, be, it'll be sad when he dies, but he hasn't yet, hasn't kicked the bucket, uh, which is good. And that's why he was able to give us this quote. And it goes like this. A day without sunshine is like, you know, night. want to give a big shout out to my... X-Pro, Jake Crossman. I still haven't come up with a title for that, so we'll hang with that for now. I want to thank the uh, French Eagles for so valiantly defending their nation. Steve Martin for not croaking yet. And I want to thank all of you for listening, because without you, this show would not be possible. Well, it would, I just wouldn't have any listeners. You have been rolling in the chuck wagon. Happy trails, everyone. <laughs>